Good morning, Boker Okay, it's good to have you. Hope everyone is staying warm on this uh, chilly, frigid Boker morning. Okay, so our weekly dose of Amuna and cup of coffee. Enjoy some coffee, keep you warm. And I'm very excited about today's uh, learning. Each week we've been kind of drawing from a different place, all consistent with the theme of Amuna. But we're not learning one safer straight. We're, we're drawing from different places. This is from a new set of svarim that I bought when I was in Israel um, previously. Um, it's written by a rav named Rav Chaim Cohen. Rav Chaim Cohen is known by his nickname, the Chalban. Anyone know what Chalban means? Chalban? From the word Chalav. Chalav is milk. A Chalban is a milkman. He's the milkman. He lives in Givatayim. He's a very interesting individual. I could show you a picture of him. He is a, uh, <coughs> a clean-shaven, no beard, no payas, wears a cap, blue shirt, older man. He works in a factory, and he was this anonymous individual who was discovered that, in fact, he has been a great Kabbalist since the age of eight years old, that he has studied Kabbalah with great authorities, he's an outstanding Talmud Chacham, he gives uh, shiurim, and uh, he's a remarkable individual. So once he was kind of revealed and discovered here, this is a picture of... Uh, Rav Chaim Cohen, the Chalban, the milkman, whose work we're about to study. The Chalban, the milkman. Chalban, the milkman. So anyway, once he was, uh, he was revealed to be this great Kabbalist, revealed to be this great Kabbalist and this great Talmud Chacham, so uh, it was pursued for him to teach Torah, and he's been teaching, and he's been teaching. So they've, now they've been capturing and publishing uh, his uh, Svarim left and right, and he has a set of Svarim on... Parsha on Torah, and this comes from that set of svarim. And this is the middle of an essay. I just want to take one section of the essay and study it and study it together. So here he's talking about the pasuk in this week's parsha of Achodesh Hazelachem. This week's parsha, we spoke about it a little bit yesterday at the parsha class. In this week's parsha, the storyline, the narrative, is uh, somewhat abruptly interrupted. We're in the middle of the plagues. Gersh Baruch Hu is creating these miraculous intervention in the world, suspending the rules of nature, revealing himself. himself. When Moshe first approaches Paro, Paro says, Mi Hashem. Moshe says, Hi, I'm here, I represent God, and I'm his agent, and I'm here to tell you, you're doing it all wrong, let the people go. And Paro's reaction is, Okay, nice to meet you. Mi Hashem, who's this God? Who is this that you represent? I've never met him. i never heard of him. I don't know anything about him. And all of the Makos, all of the plagues, are God's, Introduction, one might say rude introduction, introduction to Paro, to the Mitzram, and by extension to all of us. That Akash Baruch Hu shows the world that not only is he the creator, but he's an ongoing relationship with the world. He didn't build the world and move on, but he continues to interact, interact with it every single day. So we have eight plagues, it's about to be the tenth plague, and it's interrupted. Moshe says the very first mitzvah of the Torah. It's the first mitzvah. So much so that the opening Rashi of all of Chumash is, why didn't the Torah begin from here? Why do you have all Sefer Brashas? Why do you have the story until now? It should have begun at HaKadosh Zalachem, the first mitzvah. And the first mitzvah we have is, sanctify the new moon. Control time. Sanctify, so it's a kind of a bizarre thing. You have a slave nation, they've been persecuted and oppressed, murdered. You've had the Holocaust go on, a genocide go on for 210 years. They're finally about to go free. They're about to be liberated. And God says, look, before you go, I want to give you a commandment. Look up and check out the moon. When you see the new moon, you testify. That will establish the calendar. Jewish funeral homes will give out this calendar for millennia to come. But you will establish that Jewish calendar. 
So when Yom Kippur, for example, falls, the 10th of Tishrei, the holiest day of the year, when Yom Kippur falls is not a function of when God decides Yom Kippur is, but rather it's a function of when man decides. When we testify to the new moon and we establish that calendar, that's we control time, which is why we make the bracha on Yantif. When it comes to every Shabbos, we say in the Amidah, Mikadesh HaShabbos, that God, you sanctify Shabbos. What's the bracha we say on Yantif? Mikadesh Yisrael Yazman. That God, you sanctified Israel, and Israel sanctifies time. So Shabbos, whether you like it or not, whether you can delay it or not, every, you can't delay it, every Friday, you know, you count six days, the seventh day is Shabbos, nothing you can do about it. That is inherent in nature, that's part of the natural order, that was established by the Rebbe Shalom, God set that in motion, and it can't change. But time, in terms of the Jewish calendar, that's something that can be manipulated by our rabbis, by Beisden, even if you intentionally manipulate time, right? I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, even if Chazal say, oh, you know, for Pesach to fall out that day wouldn't be so convenient, so we're not going to sanctify the new moon so that it'll fall the next day. Then that's when the new moon is. Then that's when the calendar is. It's an incredible, incredible thing. Why was this given Davka here? Why now? So I mentioned yesterday in the Parshish here, and I've elaborated on it in the past, that um, Rabbi Salvechik expands on the Sforno. The Sforno in this week's Pasha says, you have a slave nation. What distinguishes a slave nation from free people? Their ability to control time. Time. The slave has no control over the time. Whatever the master tells them to do, do this now, go here, do this, don't do this, be here. The slave has no control over their time. The definition of freedom is our capacity to be the arbiters and to be in control of our own time. And that's why Davka now, a slave nation are told, you're about to become free, and the gift, the blessing of freedom is, your time is your own. And that's a precious commodity. Decide how you're going to use it. I'm probably going to write my weekly message about this, but I'll give you the, the preview is, you know, we have the Powerball tonight. No. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you heard. But the record Powerball is tonight. I want you to know, class will be on next week, even after I win the Powerball tonight. But... Um, 1.5 billion or 1.5 uh, billion, yeah. I'll, 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 send, I'll send limousines to pick you all up. So, um, well, 1.5 billion. So I'll tell you what's even more precious than, than money. Even more, an even more precious commodity than money is time. You see, you could work harder and make more money, but there's nothing you can do to get more time. We all have the same 24 hours in the day, the same 168 hours in the week, there's nothing you can do. You can work harder and harder. Nothing you can do to get more time. Time is the most precious commodity, even more than money, which is why we should be so careful with it. So that's why the Rebona Shalom through Moshe tells the Jewish people, you're about to become free. The difference between being slaves and free is your ability to control time. So that's this mitzvah. And we are likened to the moon, not the sun. We'll see right now. Says Rav Chaim Kohn, says the milkman, the great Kabbalist, the Chaban, you see where I put the star towards the bottom of the page? If you're listening online, these source sheets hopefully are there as well. The central mitzvah here, This is the mitzvah. God interrupts the plagues and he says, The new moon is yours. It is the first of the months of the year. You control time. We function not based on the sun, not based on the lunar calendar, not based on the solar calendar. Mazar Rosh Chodesh. What is Rosh Chodesh? This mitzvah that we have. So Omer Asfas Emes, the great Gerer Rebbe, the Asfas Emes says, Rosh Chodesh, Zeh 
You know what the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh is? It's the capacity for renewal. It's the capacity for a fresh start. It's the capacity for a new beginning. Don't give up. And don't feel fatalistic. And don't feel that your life is determined and you don't have control of it. And don't feel that you are that person or your lifestyle is that way or you can't change your reality. Hachodesh HaZelachem says the Svasemis. Don't read it Hachodesh HaZelachem. Read it Hachidosh HaZelachem. The capacity for renewal, for fresh start is yours. L'Shemesh Halo'ein Aliyah V'yerida. The sun doesn't change. It doesn't mean the sun doesn't go up and down. That's exactly what the sun does. It goes up and it goes down. But it means the sun doesn't start as a sliver and grow into a full ball of the sun. The sun is a constant. It's always the same. Yimos hachama nikraim shana. In fact, the days of the year are called a shana. Milashon shona vaholech. Hergel mitamid belishinui. A year is called a shana because lishanos means to repeat. Because the year is just the repetition of the sun coming up and down and up and down. And the year repeats itself over and over again. Hergel, it's a pattern, belishinui, with no change. That's what the sun is. Hashemesh, mevatas es ha-memadim shal ha-olam hazeh. Dor ha-olech v'dor ba, v'ha-aretz la-olam omedes. Says Shlomo Melech in Kohelas, a generation comes and a generation goes, and the earth always stands. The sun is that constant. People come and people go, and the world changes, and you have elections, and new things happen. But you know what the constant is? The constant is the sun. The sun is a constant. Machzoris kvua. It's a um, a pattern, a rhythm, a a, a repeating machzor uh, cycle. It's a repeating cycle. Hashemesh zehateva. The sun represents nature. Hayareach humeimad hachidush. So while the sun is all about consistency and cycle and a pattern and a constant, the moon is all about renewal. Shana zemiloshon shoneh. Chodesh zemiloshon chidush. A year, which is represented by the, the sun, the solar year, the sun is all about the same, repetition. The month, the chodesh, is all about the chidush. It's all about the capacity for a fresh start. So Omer so understand what that means. It's an incredible gift given to the Jewish people. The Jewish people are sitting in Egypt, and for 210 years, like the sun, over and over, they've repeatedly suffered this persecution, this oppression. They've given up hope. They are incapable of hearing about a brighter future. Last week's Parsha, that Moshe comes and gives them a message of salvation, and the people don't hear it. They can't hear it. They're so, so suffocating by this vicious cycle of persecution, they can't even dream. They've lost their capacity and their ability to dream. So here they're about to go out. They've seen nine of the plagues. And God says, you know what? I've given you a gift that you control time. I want you to know you, my blessed Jewish people, the rest of the world will operate under the sun, the solar calendar. You will operate under the moon, the lunar calendar. Because while they are like the sun, they are just products of the natural order. You are going to be under the moon. And just as the moon is a sliver and grows large, the moon waxes and wanes, so to you, my beloved people, right now you're a sliver. Right now you've been persecuted, but you're going to grow large and you're going to radiate and you're going to reflect the brightness and the light of the sun. We have the gift of HaChodesh Hazeh. So there are cycles, there are changes. HaChodesh Lachem. And what Hashem was telling them and telling us is, every time that you feel fatalistic, every time like you feel you can't change, your life can't change, 
Every time you feel it is what it is and this is your lot in life and things will never be different, look up at the moon. Look up at the moon and know you are a moon people. We are a lunar people. And that just as it evolves and it changes and it has chiddush, we have chiddush. And with each moon, with each new month, we have the ability to say, I'm going to determine my life. I'm going to break out of that pattern. Not ha-chiddush hazelachem, ha-chiddush hazelachem. Ha-chiddush hazelachem. You know, if you, you can't tell time, you can tell time by the sun, a sundial, but you can't tell days. You have no idea what day of the month it is. But in the middle of the Holocaust or in the middle of the Crusades or in the middle of whenever, mm-hmm. even if you're denied the ability to control your calendar, you're that slave, when you look up at the moon, you know, is it the beginning of the month, the middle of the month? Mm-hmm. What time of the month is it? You know, because you could look up and you see that moon. When do we celebrate Rosh Chodesh? We just had it two days ago. We celebrate Rosh Chodesh not when the moon is full. Rosh Chodesh, which is the holiday of the moon, you look up at the sky, it's not when the moon is full. When you look up on Rosh Chodesh, you barely can see the moon. Because the whole idea of Rosh Chodesh is anticipating the capacity for change. Anticipating growth. That even though it's a sliver right now, I have full faith and confidence that it's going to grow large. It's not a coincidence, the tour quotes, that each of the holidays were given to the different, uh, in the merit of different uh, matriarchs and patriarchs. So the uh, Shalash Regalim are given for Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, and the the months are given for different people. So says the tour that Rosh Chodesh is given for women. And the merit of women is the gift of women. It's codified in Shulchan Aruch. I'll tell you a secret that your husbands, if they know, haven't told you or probably don't know. But on Rosh Chodesh, it's quoted by the Shulchan Aruch itself, Code of Jewish Law, women should not work on Rosh Chodesh. Mm-hmm. Why? Since Rosh Chodesh is the woman's holiday, women should not work. Now what does that mean? You can't do malacha, you can't turn on the light or write? No, it means that you don't do laundry and you don't make dinner. One, at least one day a month, you should be making dinner. It's quoted by the Shulchan Aruch. Women should not work on Rosh Chodesh. The women are off. So why do so many things... We don't keep this today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shulchan Aruch. I remember Ari Bernstein used to take Andrea out for dinner every Rosh Chodesh. Or he would buy, or he would buy takeout. The minag he had was on Rosh Chodesh. He bought takeout. His wife didn't work on... Didn't make dinner on Rosh Chodesh. But let me tell you why. So why do women merit Rosh Chodesh? Why do women merit Rosh Chodesh? Because in the depths of suffering in Mitzrayim, when men lived by the sun, men lived by the here and now, they said, you know what? We're being killed. This is never going to change. Like the sun, it's just a repeating pattern. So how can we bring children to this world? It was Miriam who convinced Yochebed, who convinced Amram, and it was Bizchus Nashem Tzikanios. What quality did the women in Egypt have? They were Roa as Hanolad. They, they said, you know what? We may be a sliver now, but we're going to be redeemed. And we're going to grow large once again. And we're going to be an unbelievable people. And by looking in those mirrors and beautifying themselves, and they became the, the base of the kior, of the, of the basin, and so on. We've talked about this before. So in that merit of being able to not live in the here and now, but live with anticipation, they lived with hachidosh hazelachem. The women of Egypt lived with chidosh. Yeah, right now it stinks. Right now it's terrible. Right now we're suffering. But there's going to be chidosh. We're optimistic. There's going to be a new beginning and a fresh start. And we're going to grow great once again. And they preserve, they maintain the continuity of the Jewish people. Without whom we wouldn't be here. So that quality of being able to be roa esanolad, of being the eternal optimist, 
of not living in the here and now, but having a certain sense of vision and anticipation for what is yet to come, that is a feminine quality. And women exhibited that in Mitzrayim, and therefore it's not a coincidence or random that women were uh, rewarded with the holiday of Rosh Chodesh. That notion of the moon, aside from the idea of the monthly cycle and cycles and Chiddush, it's something inherent in the biology of women, certainly more than men, but aside from that, there's the idea of Women have a time consciousness. They're counting time. They anticipate change. That's what I'm saying. Mikvah and a monthly cycle and a time consciousness and a chiddush renewal and a fresh beginning coming out of the mikvah, purity, a fresh start. All of this goes together. It's not our topic for today, but it's all, it all goes together, which creates a, a feminine quality over a masculine one. Rosh Chodesh is a woman's holiday and you should hold your husbands or the people in your life accountable for this statement in the Shulchan Aruch that women should not work on, should not work on Rosh Chodesh. Are you teaching on Thursday night? I don't know what you're talking about. Omer I'm sorry, you're breaking up on me. Omer Asfasemis. So the Ger Rebbe, we're two lines from the bottom. Omer Asfasemis. Iker amashmaos ha'amuka shal Rosh Chodesh. The key, the deep, deep idea of Rosh Chodesh. He lulamedo sanu she'am Yisrael yachol latzeis megvula sa'olam ulehis chadesh. I love that sentence, which is probably why I underlined it. The key, the key deep point of Rosh Chodesh is, every month when we celebrate Rosh Chodesh, what are you celebrating? What are you singing Halal about? What are you saying Musaf about? What, what is Rosh Chodesh? I know a Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Chanukah, I get what those are. What is the holiday of Rosh Chodesh about? So what the Sfasama says is, the essence of the holiday of Rosh Chodesh is Chiddush. Rosh Chodesh is Rosh Chodesh. It's my ability for renewal, that I can break free from the boundaries and the self-imposed limitations and the self-imposed fatalistic attitude that, uh, you know, this is the health, this is my lifestyle, this is my financial condition, this is my lack of shalom bias, this is my this. We have the capacity to break free from those self-imposed boundaries and to be mitzchadesh, to have renewal, to define our own lives. And where do we get this from? We get this from Hashem Himself. You know, we're told about Torah that it should be every day in our lives like it's new. If you look throughout Sefer Dvarim, the word that's used most often in Sefer Dvarim is the word Hayom, today, today. You should live life as if the Torah was given today, as if you've experienced the Makos and Mitzrayim today. You wake up in the morning, you do the same thing you did yesterday. Maybe you go to shul, you daven. You go to work. So says says uh, the Chaban, the milkman, Rav Chaim Kohn. He says the Rosh Kodesh reminds us that the Jewish way is not to be in this endless pattern. I wake up, I go to work, I do my chores, I pay the bills, I watch TV, I fall asleep. I wake up, I go to work, I, I, fall, I go to sleep. I, much of the world is caught up in this endless pattern. This momentum is carrying them forward. They're in this daze as they're just getting through life, trying to pay the bills and make it to the end of the day. And they're just living the same day 365 times. Right? The word shana. They're just lishanos. They're just repeating the same day 365 times. As a Jew, we're not supposed to repeat the same day, not even twice. For us, every day is new. There's chiddush, it's fresh. There's a new opportunity, there's hope, there's optimism. It's going to be a better day, a brighter day. We're going to do better today, we're going to live more today, we're going to be more alive. The Rebbe Shalom himself creates that chiddush within creation. 
Hamachadish b'tivo b'chol yom. Every day we say this in davening. It's in Birchos Krishma. Hamachadish b'tivo b'chol yom tamid masa brishes. God is mechadish b'tivo with his goodness, with his kindness. Every day he's mechadish. He renews every day as if it's creation. What does that mean? That sense we say it every day. Hamachadish b'tivo b'chol yom tamid masa brishes. That with his goodness every day God recreates the Maisa Bracious. So Omar Balatanya says the Alter Rebbe Ribshnez Alman of Liadi says the Balatanya, Li Olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav Bashamayim. He quotes a Pasuk in Tehillim. Dvar Hashem Nitzav Bashamayim. The word of Hashem sits in heaven. Bechor Rega Varega Kosh Borchum Mechaye Es Haolam. So is it that Hashem created the world, set it in motion, and now it's on autopilot? Says the Balatanya, no. God didn't create a world and now nature, it's on autopilot, it's moving forward. For the world to exist, God has to will it at every moment to continue to exist. There is a perpetual and constant relationship between the Almighty and His world. And the moment He would stop willing the world to exist, the world would cease to exist. So it's not like us, you know. I don't know, you created something, you made a painting, you made it once, you put the effort into make it, and now you hang it on the wall and it's on the wall. And it will outlast you and it will outlive you and you might sell it to someone or you might have nothing to do with it. You made the painting once and it's sitting there. That's not the way God creates the world. It's not that God created the world and now He put it on the wall, it's sitting there and He moved on. But says the Balatanya, for Hashem, for the world to continue to exist, Hashem has to keep painting it. He paints it anew over and over again. He actually gives the following example of Balatanya. I don't know if Chaim Kohn quotes it here, but I know the Balatanya gives it there. <coughs> says the Balatanya, you know, if I ask you to close your eyes and imagine, I want you to imagine a red sports car. Come on, close your eyes and imagine a red sports car. So is that red sports car, does that exist? Yes. It exists in your imagination. There is an image in your imagination of a red sports car. As long as you continue to imagine it, you're picturing it in your mind's eye. If you continue to imagine it, you see it, you see the shape and the curves, and you see the, the door handle, and you see the windshield and the wiper, and you see the headlights, you see the license plate. As long as you're continuing to imagine and will that red car, it's there. Now open your eyes, and now let's get back to our learning, and now let's talk about something utterly different. Is the image of the red sports car still there? It's gone. It's only there as long as you continue to imagine it. So says the Balatanya, the world to God is like the imagination to us. We are God's imagination, so to say. As long as God maintains the image in his imagination of us, we're here. If he were to be distracted, not that God could get distracted, if he were to be distracted, or if he were to stop imagining us, we would cease to exist. So what that means is that every moment of our existence God is renewing, 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 renewing. You know, it's like refreshing your browser. Refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Times of Israel, you want to see the news. People are looking at the stock market incessantly. They press refresh, 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 refresh. They keep renewing the screen, renewing the screen, renewing the screen. If you want to... If we are still here, He is renewing our existence at every moment. So, just by being alive, there's chiddush in our life. There is renewal. There's a fresh start. There's a new beginning. Yes? 
Don't we say in the morning, and our brachas know, saying HaTorah, he keeps giving the Torah Correct. that he gave the Not Torah. Not Nasan HaTorah, but Nasan. Yeah. Nice. It's not that he gave it, he continues to give it. We continue mm-hmm. to receive it. Yes. But isn't it also because he gave us, he, he created us with potential, but it's our response and our Bechira and everything that we do that actuates that potential. So that's also, he's there monitoring to see if it happens. Absolutely, exactly. He didn't set the world in motion and then disengage from us. He set the world in motion, he's renewing, and now we have, through our, through our free will, we have to realize our potential of who we are to become. Right. The outlook of the Jewish people has to be this. So I have to realize that if this cup is sitting here right now, it doesn't mean in another moment it will be here. If it's sitting here now, and now, and now, and now, it's because God wills it to continue to exist and to be before me at every, at every moment. Maybe it will disappear. That which it remains here is not a given, should not be a given. Why am I able to speak to you right now? Why are we sitting here right now? Because I'm alive, I'm animated. But I could disappear in a moment. Now again, this is outside a realm of possibility. We don't, operate in a world where cups disappear or people disappear alright so we've gotten used to the idea that what's before us remains before us but if we understand the Balatanya's notion that it's not true that we only exist at the mercy of God and he wills us we only exist because he continues to will our existence then we would also recognize that we could disappear at any moment like, it's like a screen it's something being projected on a screen and if the projector stops then it ceases to be there. So we are the projection on the screen of the world. Um, if something is projected on the screen, does it mean it's always going to continue? If the electricity goes out, everything stops in an instant. And every moment, think about that, you're watching a screen, Right? The men who are going to go to Man Up tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, they need to sign up. Anyone who's going to... So they're watching on a screen. They're watching a film. So the, the scene or the, the image from a moment ago is different now, is different now, is different. The screen is, is rolling. It's a different image. It's changing, it's changing, it's changing. It's, not, it's a new image, new image, new image, new image that's being on the screen. So it's not the same image with layers built. It's a new image, a new image, a new image. And if the electricity were to go out, it were to cease. And our life is exactly that way. The world is new. It's refreshed, 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 refreshed. And if God didn't will it, it would disappear. In our world, there is a, a shefa, there is a flow of life from God. It, it enables life all the time. The great wonder is, the great wonder is that God created a world where this, there's continuity, there's connection. If each moment was isolated, then the world would seem very disjointed. The miracle, the wonder, the, the incredible thing about this world, the Pele, is that God created a world where the, the moments flow one into the other, and they look like there's continuity. Hashem wills to recreate the world each moment anew. 
And therefore appears that every moment is built on the moment that came before. We're so accustomed and used to this. So therefore, it seems to us that everything is natural. Right? So we don't realize that in the, uh, in the half hour that we've been having this class, that's been a half hour every 30 minutes of 60 seconds per minute, God refreshing the world every minute. Because we live in a world where this is natural to us. So we don't even appreciate it. We don't even recognize it. We don't even identify it. We, th- we sit there and we think it's all natural. But really what's happening, and this is what we're saying in our tefillah, is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mechadesh Betuvah B'choyom Tamid Ma'aseh Bereshis. Shem and His kindness every day is recreating Ma'aseh Bereshis. So it's not that He created the world miraculously 5,776 years ago and now we're on autopilot. It's that the same creation He did almost 6,000 years ago, He's doing that level of creation over and over and over and over and over again. Zeh zu ha-todasha rosh chodesh. Ha-chodesh hazalachem rosh chodeshim. And that's the idea that God wants us to appreciate. That if He's refreshing and renewing the world at every moment, that means implicit and inherent in our lives is the capacity for our renewal. We can define ourselves differently at any moment. We can make different choices at any moment. We can fashion and mold a different life and lifestyle and different relationships at every moment. Never be fatalistic. Never think that it is the way it is and it's never going to change. Never be like the sun that thinks that your life is just the repetition over and over and over again of the same thing. To be a Jew is to hold out hope. To be a Jew is to be under the lunar calendar. To be a Jew is to believe that there's a new opportunity at every moment, a fresh start, that you can, in fact, start dieting or start exercising or start getting along or start getting a new job or start finding your shidduch or start having the children or start... Every new possibility is inherent, intrinsic in time. If God is renewing the world at every moment, that means that He's also renewing our potential and possibility to have a new reality and a new result. Zu golas hakoteres hamerkazis. Avram Yaakov hamabul and this was what was revealed in our Parsha. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and the, the flood, all of this in Sefer Breshis is a function of the natural order, the sun. So what the what what the our parsha what Achodesh Hazalachem is coming to teach is that the world is not as it appears. The world appears to just be a continuous, contiguous flow, but the world is not as it appears. Which word? Heat notes itself. What does that mean? Sparks. I think it means sparks. I'm not positive. The Iker Chiddush, the main novel idea that Am Yisrael came to tell the world was that the world is not as it seems. That the world is renewing at every moment. And this is the test of our emuna. Here we get to emuna. Do you live life with the understanding and with the recognition and with the mindfulness that God runs the world, that He's found in the world? That all that happens is His will. So whatever's happening in the world, it will all look to you to be brand new. A leaf fell, a natural issue happened, 
politically something shifted, mm-hmm. the world is, what you got that parking spot, mm-hmm. whatever it is in your life, if you see Hashem in the world, if you see Hashem in the world, then you will realize that there's constant renewal happening. Lo ki'iluhu chadash. It's not it's as if it's new. Elahu chadash be'emes. It's literally new. It is a new world every day. Ein hergel. Ein shnios. There's no pattern. There's no cycle. There's no repetition. It's not every day repeating itself. It's that every day is brand new. Hashem brings life to every moment. So if you realize that Hashem is refreshing and renewing the world at every moment, then you realize that every moment is brand new. And it's pregnant with opportunity for renewal. The capacity to renew the world comes from Emunah. So it's only because we left Egypt. It's by abandoning the paganism and idolatry and superstition and narishkeit of, uh, of Egypt. Only when you abandon all that stupidity and you embrace Hashem can you have the opportunity for Chiddush. Right? If you are bound by the rules of horoscopes and superstition and idolatry and paganism, so your life just repeats itself over and over and over again. But when you break out of that and you realize there's a Ribbono Shalom and that Ribbono Shalom created the world and He interacts with the world and He loves you and He's guiding your life and He's guiding your life for the good and that in your moment and in the entire world every moment is brand new, then you realize that you have the opportunity for Chiddush. We say in Kiddush Lavana that the Jewish people too will renew just like the moon. We too have the opportunity for Kiddush. And it's upon us that the Ramban teaches We don't appreciate this. We are now the third day of the month of Shvat. Shvat is not a Jewish name. The months that we use for the names are Babylonian. Mm-hmm. They're not Jewish. What are the Jewish months, names for the months? Yom Rishon. Chodesh Rishon, Chodesh Hasheni, Chodesh Hashlishi. It is very, it lacks creativity. <laughs> not, exactly, not exactly the most creative, uh, innovative names. The first month, the second month, the third month, the fourth month. The names we're used to are, are um, Babylonian in origin. So the Ramban wonders, why don't we have names for months? Where, where we had no creativity. Why the first month, the second month? They are nicknamed the first month, the second month, and the third month. Going on. So why is it that we call it the first, the second, the third? Because they're all connected to something. If you gave it a name, it would look like you have 12 equal months, and they don't begin anywhere. There's just 12 months. But by giving them a number, the first month, the second month, the third month, well, it all connects it back to the first which is the first month? Leitzias Mitzrayim. Nisan is the first month. So by always knowing what number month you're in, which is the Jewish name of the month, you will be always identifying with leaving Egypt, with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It's kind of like the parallel of Shabbos. What's the Jewish name of today? Today's Wednesday. Wednesday is not a Jewish name. What's the Jewish name? Yom Revi'i. Today's Yom Revi'i. Yom Revi'i of what? Today's the fourth day. Again, it lacks creativity. Oh, what time? You want to have lunch on day four? 
Like you'd make lunch. You want to have lunch on the fourth day? Yeah, which fourth day? You know, like that's the name of the day. You wouldn't say Wednesday, right? If we were living as Jews, you'd say, oh, on Yom Revi'i? In Israel, they'd say that. I mean, in Hebrew, they'd say that. Oh, Yom Chamishi, what time is the Shiur on Yom Chamishi? Like, think about it. For them, it's ingrained like Yom Chamishi is the name of the day. But if you think about what you're saying is, you want to have on day four, you want to have one, you want to meet for coffee on day two? Like, it sounds funny. But why do we count the days? Because it's all revolving around Shabbos. Shabbos is the epicenter of our lives. It's either the first day after Shabbos or the first day counting down towards Shabbos. The Ramban actually says that you fulfill a notion of Kiddush when you call it by that name. So if you say today's the third day, today's the fourth day, oh, it's the fourth day. So we said L'chun Aranana in the Yom this morning because, you know, the way the week works is it, it peaks. Shabbos is on top. So when you come off of Shabbos, you still have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are part of the previous Shabbos. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are anticipation of the coming Shabbos, which is why we say L'chun Aranana at the end of the Shir Yom on Wednesday, we're beginning Kabbalah Shabbos already on Wednesday. So you can make Havdalah till Tuesday. Okay. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is part of the previous Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is already anticipating the coming Shabbos. But all of those numbers revolve around Shabbos. So what's true for the days of the week is also true for the months of the year. That the months have numbers. And the numbers help us establish our lives around the flow of, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Leaving Egypt. Nisan hu arishon v'chein hala. So the Jewish people, we live, if you can pass this back, we live in an existence that defines itself or orients itself by before leaving Egypt and after leaving Egypt. Nisan Zeha Iker. So the month we left, that's the key. Hanes, that was when we had the miracles. Makor Hachaim, that gave us freedom. So until then, we were slaves. Until then, we didn't control time. And then, until then, I mentioned yesterday in the Parsha class, Rabbi Salavitchik, a beautiful insight. The Korban Pesach is the only Korban that has a notion of a Chabura. You eat the Korban Pesach as a family. And you know what happens? The Torah itself tells us, this week's Parsha. So that one lamb is too big. You can't eat the whole animal. So you're going to have to knock on the neighbor's door. You want to join our Chabura? Do you want to connect and we'll eat the carbon Pesach together? Between the hurricanes. We'll, uh, I told her yes. <laughs> so, see, great minds think alike. So the, the, um, the carbon Pesach creates a sense of community. So why now community? Why the carbon Pesach? No shlamim, no other carbon has that. So said the Rav, when you're a slave, you're never part of community. When you're a slave, it's every man for himself, every woman for herself. The slave is just trying to survive, get through the day. That what made a person emancipated, liberated, freed from slavery, what defines you as being free is your capacity to share, to connect, to be part of community. The slave doesn't share. The slave never has extra. The slave doesn't knock on the neighbor's door and say, would you like some of my barbecue? Only the free person can. So Nisan, which is the month of our attaining freedom, Nisan, which is the month of our controlling time as opposed to being controlled, it's the month of our having the capacity to give and to connect and to create community. That's the source of life. So we dream and we orient our entire lives around that. The first month, the second month, the third month. Not like the non-Jews. Why did we then give names? Why do we then say, 
when we bench Rosh Chodesh and Shul last Shabbos, we didn't say Rosh Chodesh, uh, Shishi, you know, whatever the name of the number is. We called it Shvat. Why do we call it Shvat? By the Babylonian name. So it says uh, the Chaban, because we wanted to remember the second redemption. So we use the names of the months of Bavel because we were redeemed from Gaul's Bavel. And we wanted to remember. So the first time we oriented ourselves using the numbers, the names of the months based on being redeemed from Egypt. And then we shifted to reorient ourselves to use the names of the months based on leaving Bavel. So you have an Esther, both. You have, we use both. We use both so that we continue to remember each time we're redeemed, we count based on that redemption which gave us the essence of our lives. So what he's saying and what I wanted to share with you, what I found very powerful is this, is this incredible idea. You know, you start to feel, I could just, I'll tell you myself, um, <clears throat> Time management, you, you feel like you just don't control your life. Every day there's pressures and obligations and things pulling you and, and things um, competing for your time that you just don't control your life. So I say every night I go to sleep, I'm disappointed that I didn't get done what I wanted to get done that day. Never in the last 15 years have I gone to sleep saying, it was a great day, got done everything I had planned, got done, we'll pick it up tomorrow. Ever. It's just always frustrating and disappointing. So at some point you could say, I'm just repeating this over and over and over again. I give up. But that's what Rosh Chodesh is. To be a Jew is never to give up and to say, it's not true. I have the ability to take control of my own time. I have the ability to take control of my own life. Right? As you lie in bed, and you're like, I can't believe I ate the way I ate today and I snacked on this two minutes ago at 12 o'clock at night. I swore today was going to be different. Every day is exactly the same, even though each day I swear it's going to be different. I'm just repeating my same life over and over again. So what's the point of it all? So you know what? If you operate under the Shemesh, if you live by the sun... So that's an attitude you can have. That every day is the same. You're just repeating the same life over and over again. What's the point? But we're Jews. We don't live that way. We operate under the lunar calendar. We look up at the moon and we remember that's not true. God is renewing the world every single moment. And I have the opportunity to tap into that renewal and to renew my life as well too. I can make whatever change I want. Because if I believe that the Rebona Shalom is running the world, if he had the ability to take the Jews out of Egypt... He could take me out of my eating pattern or my time management pattern or my anger pattern or my impatience pattern or my jealousy pattern or my whatever pattern I am imprisoned and enslaved by, whatever addiction or lifestyle that I am a slave and servitude towards, just like the Rebona Shalom freed the Jewish people. And he said, look up at the moon. Change is possible. Sun represents a lack of change. You're not bound by the sun. Look up at that moon and see that change is possible. And a brighter future is part of your reality. And there's chiddush, there's an opportunity for renewal all the time. And says the Rebona Shalom, believe in me, cling to me, hold on to me, stick to me, and you can make whatever change you want to change. I can pull you out of that thing that you're enslaved by. I can pull you out of that habit, that, pa- that, habit, that pattern, that cycle, that lifestyle. Stick with me and chiddush is possible. So that's why before the 10th Makkah, you say it's random. God gives the first mitzvah here of all places. Just wait a few more minutes, God. They're going to be in the desert. They'll be free. They'll be on their way. You're about to be at Harsinai. Tell it to them at Harsinai. Why of all times right now, they're still in Egypt. Before the 10th plague of all times, God says to them now, Hey, check out the new moon. You're going to control time. 
So what God was saying is, it's not just you're going to control time, it's a technicality that you're in charge of the calendar. What he was saying is, hey, I'm about to take you out and I want you to never ever forget and pass this on to your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. That the way that you were able to escape that which you're enslaved to now and create a fresh beginning and a new start, you will always have that capacity. You will always have that possibility. Whatever you're enslaved to, you will have the ability to change your life and to start again. That to believe in Hashem is to believe in the moon, is to believe that we are bound and subjects of the moon, to believe that we always have the ability to change and to never give up on it. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.